Amen. So I want to talk to you today about the blessing. How many were here a, a, a couple of Wednesdays ago when I gave that message on the blessing? If I could just see a couple of hands that'll tell me how, okay, so, so a few of you were there. Um, here, here's, here's, so I just, I never get to minister as every minute. You don't get to minister what, everything that God gives you. And, and so, when God asks you to stay in, in, a, in a place and do it again, you're like, but God, you gave me all this other stuff. What are we going to do with that? And, and God reminded me of something. He, he reminded me of how the enemy and his lies are relentless. And how, how it, it takes a lot to overcome a thought that's, that's buried itself in your identity. It takes a lot. There's a statistic on it that says, like, you know, it takes, like, 50 times more truth to undo a lie. You have to hear the truth, like, 50 times more to actually overcome the lie. There's this theory I, I read about the other day. It's called the, the second thought theory. See, you're, you and I are not in control of our first thought, right? You're not. Whether you, you, you well, you're not. But, but you are in control of your second thought. You are. After the first thought, the Bible, what does the Bible tell us? Come on, talk to me, church. To take every thought. So that tells me that the first thought, when it comes to you, if it's, not a, if it's not in the Bible, if it's, not, if it's not the precedence of the word, the precedence of Jesus, the precedence of the early church. So the first thought, if it comes to you, if it's, if it's not in the precedence of the word, then you are, you are commanded to take that thought captive and give and present a second thought. And so today, I want to, in, in this case, provide a second thought thought to reinforce the blessing. If I were to ask you, when was the last time somebody blessed you? What would you say? Let's do this. Hey, if you've been, now, let me be clear. I'm not talking about, you know, giving you a couple bucks. I'm literally talking about something that's so real and so tangible, but so neglected in the kingdom. I find it interesting. I find it interesting in the Old Testament that the patriarchs and matriarchs were obsessed with imparting the blessing. Do you follow me, church? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that's all they talked about. The story of Jacob is about nothing but a young man in pursuit of one thing. Even before he was born, the narrative was set up for Jacob to pursue what was it? The blessing. He came out of the womb searching, grabbing, reaching for the blessing. So if the enemy is relentless, he does not stop. His lies are rapid fire. You commit a sin, and what does he do? He'll just remind you and remind you and remind you and remind you. And the moment you try to get in the, the, the presence of the Lord, what will he do? He'll cover you with shame, rejection. He'll tell you why you're not worthy. He'll disqualify you. His lies are just rapid fire. He will not quit. But I asked the congregation, hey, when was the last time somebody like Abraham put their right hand on your head and said, be blessed? When was the last time you put your hands on your children and said, you are blessed? 
I think there's such, here, here, here's what, here's, I think there's such an awareness of it, but an ignorance of it. Because this is why the prophetic office is so pursued in the church. Because inside of the, the prophetic office, there is this, there's this duty to bless. So we fall in love with prophecy and we, we fall in love with somebody give me a word. Somebody give me a word. Somebody give me a word. Why? Because you're thirsty for what? The blessing. You're thirsty for the blessing because you didn't get it. You didn't get it from your father. You didn't get it from his father. You didn't get it from your pastor. You didn't get it from, you didn't, you, you're, just, you're just walking around like Jacob saying, where is the, you, and maybe you're not even able to articulate it. They're grown men who are having midlife crisis, buying Corvettes, sleeping with the secretary, eating cheap bowls of soup in exchange for the blessing. Because they don't know how to articulate what their soul and their spirit most desires in this world. And that is the affirmation, the grace, and the authority of their father. So, God said, I want you to preach it again. Because I need you to. They can't live. Hey, look. If you don't have it, you better get it. And if you have it, you better start valuing it. I'll say that again. If you don't have it, you better not try to live in this world without it. You, I'm just here to tell you, you will make a mess of things. If, you, if you're out here trying to live your life without the blessing of your father, you're trying to do it in your own strength, in your own will, in your own pursuits, in your own ambition, you will make a mess of things. So if you don't have it, listen, you're going to get it before you leave today. And if you have it, I pray the day before you leave, you'll value it more. Galatians 3.14, if you have that, if you could put that on the, on the screen for me. Galatians 3.14, it's at the bottom of my message. Sometimes I do that. I'll go all the way to the bottom, then I'll go all the way back up, then I'll go to the middle. I'm very unpredictable that way. It's, okay, I'll just go up here. It's the blessing. There we go. The blessing of Abraham. Everybody remember the blessing of Abraham. It's found in Genesis 12. We'll get to that here in a minute. The blessing of Abraham will come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. So what Paul is saying here is he's saying this. The patriarchs it was through the patriarchs before Jesus that the blessing was given. But as Jesus came, the blessing comes through the authority that Jesus gave to his church. The blessing comes through Jesus. This is why this is why presence must become the priority in your life. You see, I, I, it's the reason we won't go fast in services, in gatherings. I don't even want to call them services. You see, there was a point where we get and we gather together and, you, and some of you are exhausted and you're like, when are we going to quit singing these songs? And, and just, I just want you to know I can feel that. Anyone with any discernment can feel that, that there's, this, there's this uneasiness in the room. I'm like, hey, can we, can we move forward? Can you preach now? Why? Because you're predicting the presence. And you're like, we've already been here. We've already done that. But if, if the blessing of Abraham comes through Jesus, then the, the most important thing we can do, the most important thing we can do is is not stop until the presence of Jesus permeates every molecule of air, every seat, every, every cushion, every, every corner of the crevice of your life. We cannot stop. We, it, it, 
behooves us to move anywhere in the service past that point. Until he comes, we should just, you know, just stay there. And, and you know, I come from church, man. Like, I was, I, was, I was raised and cut my teeth on presents, you know. And if how many remember Fresh Fire? You remember Fresh Fire? Hey, back in Fresh Fire Day, we had church before we had church. We had this thing called Potter's Wheel. And we'd go in this room and we'd have church. About an hour before the service ever started, we'd be walking around circle praying and we didn't stop doing that until the presence of Jesus was tangible in the room we didn't know what we was doing we just knew that that was what potter's will was we weren't gonna stop praying like that until the presence of Jesus showed up and then once the presence of Jesus showed up we wiped all the, the tears and boogers and we just okay okay presence presence is here so then we made our way into the service where where we were gonna have service and then the worship would start and, and pastor Greg was so efficient at this that he would not start preaching until the presence of Jesus showed up into the room. So then you had church again, and you had that for about an hour or two, sometimes three. The worship would go so long, and then, and then and, and, I'm telling you, he, Greg was undeterred too. You couldn't, you couldn't tell him nothing. He'd just sit there and go, nope, 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 Jesus ain't here yet, nope. No, and he just sit there like that until Jesus filled the room. And then when Jesus filled the room, okay, okay. And then he would go up there, and this man, you'd be three hours deep into a youth service, and this man would not preach until he, he start preaching. And he, if he didn't feel the Holy Spirit, he'd just keep on preaching. And them kids be going to sleep, and oh my gosh, I guess this guy would shut up. You know what I mean? And he'd just be up there thundering away, and he'd be preaching, and then the Holy Spirit, Jesus, we'd have church again. And then, and then, and then the altar call would happen. And if anybody knows Greg, the altar calls were four hours long. I mean, he'd be like, he count to three like a hundred times. I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to call on the name of Jesus. Everybody, one. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, two. If you need it, you know, three. Put your hand in the air. If everybody didn't raise their hand, we're going to do it again. If you don't know Jesus, one. If you want to know Jesus, two. If you need to know Jesus, three. Raise your hand. And he would just do that. <laughs> and you have church there was something not, and then, and then, and then, and then Micah, Micah knows it's true. And then, and then we leave there and go to his house and go down to his basement and we have church again. We have church till four in the morning. I'm like, church, I'm tired of having church, man. I'm tired. I can't cry no more. Got no more boogers left. But he knew that presence. That the blessing, you can't even have access to it unless you have the presence of Jesus. So I can teach you how to pray. I can, I can, I can expound upon the scriptures, but it does no good without the presence. So we need the presence. Because it comes through, comes through Jesus. Take your Bible. Go with me. First thing I want you to know is that the presence, no, I don't, no, don't update, no. Not right now. Don't do that right now. <laughs> uh, go with me to Matthew 10, verses 12 to 13. Now, I chose this particular, uh, it's in the New Living Transla Translation, and I want you to see this. He says, when you enter... He's talking to his disciples. He said, when you enter a home, here's what I, I want you to do. When you enter a home, I want you to give that home the blessing. If it turns out to be a worthy home, leave it there. If it's not, the blessing is so real. Here's what I want you to see, church. Because we're out here living as if this isn't a real thing. If it's not, if, if they choose a bowl of soup more than they do the blessing, if they despise the... If they, now, he said, now, now listen, now listen. He said, you got to drop the blessing off. you got to drop it off. You, you gotta let it go now. You got. You got. You got. Don't let go, Jacob. Don't let go. 
He said, you got to drop it off. What I want you to do, church, he said, this, he's talking to his church now. He's talking to his boys. He said, hey, what I want you to do is I want you to, when you get to a place where you're going, I want you to give the blessing. And I want you to set the blessing right down there. And what, and, and what I want you to do is I want you to let that blessing stay there a while. I want you, I want you to pull off. And I don't want you, I'll tell you when it's time to pick it up, if it's necessary. But you let time, you let time do what time do. But your, your first priority church is to set the blessing down wherever you go. Now, your first priority is not to qualify whether or not the blessing is deserved. It's none of your business. You're in the business of dropping off blessing. You don't determine who gets it, who doesn't get it, if they got blue hair, if they're from the left or from the right, if they speak in tongues, they don't speak in tongues, how long they've been. You don't determine that, guys. All I want you to do is I want you to walk wherever you go. I want you to be a blessing giver. So you drop the blessing off. Now, what I want you to see here today is how the blessing spills over. That is so, it, it touches, it touches it touches a lot of people, you know what I mean? It's like it touches people to the left and it touches people to the it when you got the blessing on you, other people get blessed. He said, he said of Abraham in Genesis 12, didn't he? He said, I will make you a blessing. And you will be a blessing to everyone around you. Now, I just want you to drop it off and leave it there. And if it turns out, if it turns out that they don't value the presence of Jesus, I want you to see the authority that God has given to the church, to those who carry the blessing. He said, if, if, if after a while they continue to despise and disdain my presence, I want you to pick it up and take it away. You then have the, you have the right to dust off your feet and say, it be worse. it's going to be worse for you than it was for Sodom and Gomorrah and all them places. Take your blessing with you to the next town. Yes, but I want you to see that the blessing is real. Yes, it is. It's tangible. It rests on you. You carry it. Now watch this. Jesus has given this, this blessing, this, this authority to his church. I want to show you some of these scriptures. In Matthew 16, 19, he says, I will give you, once again, he's talking to his church, talking to his disciples, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I want you to see this authority. Isaiah 22, 22 said, the key of the house of David, I'm going to lay on your shoulder so you'll open and no one can shut. You, I, listen to me. You're going you're gonna to open stuff and nobody can shut. God has given you and I this such authority that we can open stuff up and the devil can't do nothing about it. You can speak a blessing over your children and it makes the enemy, it renders him powerless over them. He said, I'm going to give you this. John 20, 23, look at this. Look at this. He said, he said, if you forgive the sins of any, they are. You ain't talking to me. What? So you're telling me, Jesus, you're telling me that the church, you've given this authority to your church? 
Look at what he's given to you in the blessing. Such authority, such power. That whatever you bless is blessed. Whatever you curse is cursed. And if you don't open your mouth, the blessing can't come. Unless you bless, you see, unless you bless your children, the enemy will curse them. Unless you bless your nation, the enemy will curse it. Unless the church stands up in this hour and starts declaring the blessing, starts resting the blessing on people, until the church does that, we have no right. We have no right to bring judgment where we have not first brought the blessing. We can't get mad at a world for doing stuff if we have not yet first brought the blessing to them. We can't get angry at, the, at, at certain people for doing certain things just because they're doing what, what sinners naturally do. They don't know the difference until the church drops the blessing. So you can. So here's the thing. Until you've blessed it, don't, don't tell me what's wrong with it. Until you've, until you've laid the blessing on some people, don't tell me what's broken in our nation. Until the church tar- starts blessing people, we have no right to, to, to say, well, the curse is there. No, the curse can't be there if you put the blessing there. you got to put the blessing on it. So I want you to see, the blessing is tangible. If you put the blessing on it, they, the devil can't take the blessing off it. We know this. We know this because it was Isaac. Wasn't it Isaac? He, he came and he blessed. Yeah. Yeah, and Esau, right? Jacob tricked him. For what? Jacob came and tricked his father, Isaac, for the blessing. Esau comes in later, and he says, Father, give me the blessing. He said, man, I already gave the blessing away. He said, he said well, don't you got another one from me? He said, I already gave it away. So the blessing is so real that he can't take, look, look what Isaac did. Once he released the blessing, he didn't have the authority to go over there and take the blessing off of him and put it back on somebody else. So the blessing is so powerful that once you put it on your kids, the devil can't, the devil got nothing to do. He got not, nothing more to say about it. Once I put the blessing on my family, once I put the blessing on my marriage, once I put the blessing, once I've been blessed, you better keep your mouth off me. You better keep your hands off me. You better not touch me. I'm blessed, man. I walk with the tangible grace of heaven. I walk with the authority of my father, and I walk with the affirmation of my father. You better leave me alone. That's real. You know somebody that's blessed. They walk different, man. You walk different when you got the blessing. You carry the blessing on your life, man. You're just like, man, look at here. I got the blessing. They say, I got the blessing. Open up. And doors start opening up. You say, close that behind me. They got to close it. You walk different when you got the blessing. And then we wonder, we wonder why we're so thirsty in the church. Because when was the last time somebody put their hand on you and said, receive the blessing. Receive the grace of a son. Receive the authority of a son. Receive the affirmation. Jesus received the blessing from his father. When he's baptized in the Jordan, what did his father say? A voice from heaven came saying, what did it say? I'm well pleased. It was the blessing of heaven. So what I want you to see first is the blessing is real. 
It's tangible. It's a tangible reality of God's grace on the believer's life. The authority, it is the authority of the Father that allows heaven to come to earth through the believer, and it is the affirmation of the Father on a believer's life. So the blessing is tangible. Number two, the blessing will move you. I know this is true. And I'm going to say this. The church, we, we fall in love with purpose and destiny. And, and we, we often get in this, like, we're, we, like, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? What's my purpose? What's my destiny? Why am I here? What, especially young people, you know, when you first get saved, you just want to know, like, what God make me for? Why am I here? What's, what's, what am I supposed to be doing? And we fall in love with the pursuit of, of what we're supposed to be doing for him, and we leave him behind. And I want you to know, if you'll pursue the blessing, you can stop pursuing purpose and destiny. Because the blessing will take you to where and what God has for you. The purpose, you see, if you pursue purpose and destiny, you, you can, in your own ambition, end up far away from the person of Jesus. But if you pursue the blessing that's found in the person of Jesus, then Jesus will take you to the places he has for you and the, and the people he has for you. The blessing will move you towards what God has for you. We know this is true. Look at what Genesis 12, 1 to 3 says. So the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What I want you to see there is that the blessing sent Abraham away. You see, if you get the blessing, if you, if you pursue the blessing, it'll move you. It won't let you be lazy. It won't let you, it won't, the blessing won't allow you to be apathetic. It won't allow you to remain in a place. I dare you to go read your Bible in the New Testament. And every time you see these words, Jesus went and Jesus sent and Jesus had to go through. And you know what Jesus did for, for three years of his life? He just kept on moving, man. He was just kept on moving. Why? Because he had a destiny, but his destiny was attached to his father's blessing. And I want you to know you have a destiny, you have a purpose, but I want to, I want to encourage you, stop, stop pursuing purpose and destiny and start pursuing the blessing. Start looking for the blessing. Number three, the blessing will transform you. The blessing will change you. It, we're, we're, we're steady trying to get sin out of us. I'm going to encourage you to get the blessing in you. If you're struggling with an addiction today, my advice to you is to get the blessing on you. And once you get the blessing on you, what will happen to the addiction in your life is it will fall off of you. How do I know this is true? Because Genesis 32 tells the story of Jacob and how he wrestled with God. He wrestled with God in his carnality. And God, God there wrestled with him. He wrestled with Jesus. He's there wrestling with Jesus, and Jesus touches him and breaks his hip. Let me ask you something. Have you ever wrestled with Jesus so tough that he broke something? When was the last time you wrestled with Jesus until he broke you? Until he, until he got down on the inside of you and touched the place of you? 
And he disjointed something in your life that left you changed forever. Left you changed forever. You, you didn't walk the same no more. Why? Because I'd wrestled with God and I almost won and he had to break my hip. But I wasn't letting go without the blessing. I'm telling you, if you'll wrestle with God and you'll start wrestling with God over the blessing in your life, you'll stop smoking that thing. You'll stop drinking that thing. You'll stop going back to that thing. You'll stop looking for that thing. You'll start, you'll start walking different. You'll start talking different if you'll commit to say I want the blessing Jesus and I'm not going to let you go until you give me the blessing I need the blessing more than I need a drink I need the blessing more than I need to get high I need the I realize now that I just need the blessing on my life and I can't let you go I'm tired I'm just tired out here I'm tired of fighting for it I'm tired of struggling for it I want the blessing, Jesus. And if you get tired enough, you'll wrestle with Jesus enough. You'll say, I'm not going back to that stuff no more. All I want is you, Jesus. And I need you to change me. I need you to take this thing away from me. And he, he'll touch you. He will touch you. And he will leave a mark on you that will, that will be so evident for everyone to see. You won't walk the same. You won't talk the same. You'll have a new boldness about you that's covered in softness. He will do something with your life you never thought imaginable if you start wrestling with him. God, I need the blessing. I'm tired. I need the blessing. So it'll change you. You know, we're... The world is a mess right now, you know? You feel that, huh? They don't know where to use the restroom. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just. But what I want you to see there is that's the result of a church that didn't give it us. You see, it's my responsibility as a father to make sure. That my son knows who he is. That's my business. I don't care how many lies are out there. I got to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. This is who you are. You can run from it. You can hide. You can try as much as you want. But I'm telling you who you are. The enemy, the world, they're going to lie to you. They're going to try to tell you, you know, you should think this way, do this. and that, that, You know, truth is yours to determine. But no, no, I'm your father. And I tell you what's true. I tell you who you are. Your identity comes from me. You were made in my image. So this world will have the right to put nothing on you that don't belong to you. So I don't care what they say. I don't care genetically what they say is in your family. I'm your father. So I have the right. To put my hands on you and say, no, no, this is who you are. Sorry, I'm he's looking at me like, why are you screaming, dude? <laughs> Little baby over there like, what's going on, man? I don't know why he's screaming, but it sounds good. You see, this authority. It's been given to us. And you wonder why. You want to know why they want to feminize men? You want to know why the enemy is fighting so hard to malign the image of a man? Because he wants to take the authority of the blessing away from the father. He's, 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 and if, I'm telling you, if we don't wake up soon... It's on, man, if we don't wake up soon and start blessing them. If we don't start putting our hands on them and start telling them who they are, if they're lost, they'll be, they'll be swept into the oblivion of sin and destruction and separation. But it's our authority. As fathers, man, we got to, like, no, no, this is who you are, sweetie. This is who you are. I'm reminded of this story often. And I've told it before. You've got, you've got more time? It's 11.49. There was an estate sale in New Jersey. An estate sale. And these, you know, anytime there's an estate sale, these, these 
art historians and aficionados come out of the woodwork and they start running through these houses and they start looking. This is a true story. And they start looking for, you know, old art that's worth money. And they walk into this house in Jersey and they go down in the basement. And, and this woman, she died and she just piled up a bunch of artwork in her basement. And they stumble upon what appears to be a, a first rendition of Rembrandt from when he was 17 years old. Lost. Nobody knew where it was. They looked at it at first and, they, and they, they examined it. And after they examined it, they noticed that the framing around this priceless piece of, of art was incorrect. That it was, it was a, it, it had been, its frame suggested that it was from a different time. So, so they, because of its frame, they said, no, no, it's just a cheap imitation. And they deemed it worthless because of how it was framed. Behind them came another group who had a, who had a, a more professional and critical eye. And after examining it, they looked at it and they said, no, no, this is, this is in fact a Rembrandt that was incorrectly framed and placed in a basement. You see, what we have today in our country our generations of sons and daughters, potential sons and daughters of God, who have been framed incorrectly, who have been, who have been, who have been chosen and priceless in their value to their, to their Savior, but this world has put this frame around them and this identity upon them that says they are worthless, they are no good, and, and because of that, they're, they're behaving in a manner that's godless and angry and, and have disdain for God. But I want you to know, until somebody comes along and looks at them with eyes of love as a Savior and says, no, no, I just want you to know who you really are you're a priceless work of art you are a workmanship of Christ he had, this world has framed you incorrectly and placed you in the basement but I know exactly who God made you to be that's our job church and you're here today and your identity is a bit messed up and that can happen the lies are strong. You can walk in an insecurity for many years. I'll be 50 in October. And it's like I still have to fight the lies of the enemy that came from the insecurity of not having my father bless me, affirm me, equip me with his grace. So what I have today what I want to give you today is I want to give you the blessing. Now what I want you to do is I just I want to give these to you and and I want you to I want you to have this because I want you to have something that you can hold, something that's tangible, something that you put in your hand, something that you hang on your wall. I want you to have this because I need you to see that the blessing is real. I need you to see that once I give it to you, you got you to gotta hold on to it. Don't you let go of it. Don't you, 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 no matter what happens to you, no matter how many times you fail, no matter how many times you mess up, no matter how many times you miss it, I want you to keep hold of that blessing. And, the, and let me tell you this. When you feel most accused, I want you to run and I want you to pick up that blessing. And I want you to look at it and I want you to remind yourself, I am blessed. I have the blessing. It doesn't matter how many times he accuses me. I am blessed. I hold the blessing on my life. I want you to, I want you to like hold on to it. Because it's real. And what I, what I know about the blessing is this. Is that, based on what I, I've studied in the scriptures, is that the blessing must be spoken. In our family, we do something. Every time there's a birthday, mom and dad, they put their hands on you. They put their hands on you. Pastor Lou's birthday, we're going to celebrate later today. Mom and dad will put their hands on him. How old is he? 41. 
41. He'd be 41, right? But he still needs the blessing. I don't care if you're, I'll be 50. Somebody bless me. You could be 75. Somebody bless me. So I know it must be, I know it must, the blessing must be spoken. And I know the blessing must come with a touch. All through the scripture I see this, but I know this because the Bible tells us wherever we touch and agree, what happens? Jesus comes. So there's something powerful about the touch. It says that he took on flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. So there's something about the touch of Jesus on a believer's life. So as we get ready to close, I want to invite you to stand to your feet. There are three, there are three things that as a church I want us to get better at. Just three things. Here, here, listen to me, especially elders. And if I can have pastors and elders just come up and stand along, along the front here, we're going to do something. I just want you to take a, stack of, just take a stack of those with you. Elders and pastors, please come to the front and just stretch yourself across the front. Just stretch yourself across the front. But as they do this, I, I, I just, it's so important that we create a culture of blessing. Don't you agree? So if I were to ask you, hey, when was the last time you were blessed? How many were blessed in the last 30 days? Raise your hand. How many were blessed in the last seven days? Raise your hand. How many were blessed yesterday? You see, that's far too little blessing from the house of the Lord. We have to become people who always bless. So I want to create a culture that makes the blessing normal. Here, I want you to come to church seeking for an impartation. Like, I want to normalize myself coming up to the elders and saying, I feel, I feel condemned. I feel weak. I feel worthless. I feel like I want to quit. And I just need you to, I just need you to bless me again. You see, you see, that has to be normalized. Our children must see this. It has to be normal. It has to be normal and frequent where we seek an impartation, especially when there's an apostolic figure present. And it's like, I want you to know that Dr. Canton will be preaching this Wednesday. And if I were you, I would get here. And I wouldn't just get here to listen to a good sermon. I would come asking for the blessing. The blessing. Dr. Canton, would you just bless me? Just bless me. You say, I don't, I don't. No, 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 listen. This is what the Bible tells us. It says that the church, wherever the church blesses, it says if you put the blessing there, your blessing will remain. And so I want to I normalize. When we come to church, that we come asking for it. I just want to normalize that. Hey, kids, I want to normalize you can ask for it. If you didn't get it, it I, I want to normalize. If you haven't gotten it 
in about seven days, I want you to normalize. Hey, just ask for it. Just tell your parents, hey, I need the blessing today. I feel weak today. I feel tempted today. I feel frustrated today. I feel, can you just bless me? Can you put your hands on me and bless me? I know this is real. Let's normalize impartations in our gatherings. Let's normalize fathers who walk in the authority and bring the impartation of Christ. Let's normalize it. Number two, let's provide an environment where we remove all competition, all comparison. We create a culture of compliments. We create a culture that says when you come here we don't compete with one another we empower one another we're not critical of one another when we come to this place you are you 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 can expect that we're gonna we're gonna push you forward let's create a culture that's safe I, 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 you need to feel safe You need to know that nothing can separate you from the love of God. You need to know that when you walk through the doors, everyone here is for you and not against you. Everyone here blesses you and they don't curse you. Everyone here speaks well of you. Even when you're not in the room, we're still still declaring your goodness from the Lord. This is safe, a safe environment. Let's make this a safe environment. What I know about the presence of the Lord is that every time I'm in His presence, I feel the safe. I feel the safest ever when I'm in His presence. When I go to my son's house and I spend the night there, he said this to me one time. He said, Dad, whenever you're at my house, I sleep so good. I said, why? He said, because I know you're you're, you're watching. I know you're there. I know you're taking care of everything. I know I don't have to be on. You're on. And I want you to know this is an environment where you can feel safe. You don't have to be on. You can, you can, you can come in and you can, you can be honest. But you, you better know we're not going to leave you in a place of discouragement, brokenness. We're going we're gonna to lift you up. We're going to empower you. This is a safe place. And then lastly, got to bless publicly openly you need to here's what has to happen on the regular like we have to start blessing one another in the sound of everyone else so they become witnesses of what you just said this is why your your prophetic words have to go, go through Jesus before they come to me I heard a couple weeks ago somebody gave a prophetic word and, and how it was the negative prophetic word and it was just like, it was, it was covered in like accusation and defilement and, and they, you know, you ever have somebody do that where they, they, they say, well, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prophesy over you and then they, they, they pray a, a, a prayer to fix you. You ever have that? You ever have that? Hey, we don't do that here. I'm just telling you right now. Don't do that here. If I catch you doing that here, I'm going to correct you. Don't you do that here. You don't put your hands on on people unless you're telling people what the cross did for them and the salvation of Jesus performed it. You don't put your hands on them to fix them. That's the Listen, look at your neighbor. Say, I don't, you can't fix me. You can't fix me. I don't need you to fix me. I need him to fix me. All I need you to do for me is bless me. I just need you to declare who I am, why I am. I just need you to tell me what my future looks like in Jesus. I just need you to paint a picture of my tomorrow redeemed and restored and put back together. I need peace in my life. I just need you to declare the blessing over my life. So don't you put your hands on nobody unless it's to bless them. But when you do, I need you to say it loud. I need you to say it proud. I need you to declare in the, in the hearing of everyone what God, hey, can we, can, listen, I need you to declare in the hearing of everyone 
So they're witnesses. So whatever you speak over me, I need you to say it loud enough so the back row hears it. Because I need every power and principality of darkness to know what the Lord has said about my life. So that way you and I become witnesses of the word that was spoken. And when my character doesn't match the blessing, you have the authority and the right to come to me and remind me. No, no, I was there, son. I was there when the word of the Lord was spoken over you. I heard what God said about you. I know who you are. I know what God made you to be. And I won't let you be anything less than what God made you to be you see that's powerful right there that right there will break the back of insecurity over a generation that right there will keep a generation holy that right there will keep them off the bottle that right there will chase addiction away so when you say it, I want you to say it loud. Now, here's what I want to do. If you want the blessing, you need the blessing. You need the blessing. You say, I already got the blessing last week. You need it again. You keep getting it. You keep getting it. And what I want you to do is, I need more men. John, come up here. Father, can you, can you come up here? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yep, you, man, yeah, yeah. I just need, I just need more men. I need more men. Eddie, Kyle, Roger, I, I just need men. Clarence, can you, can you just stand right there? They're going to come to you. Don't worry about it. They're coming to you. But here's the deal. If you want the blessing before you leave today I just want you to come up here and I want them to give it to you and I want them to take their right hand here's the instruction you take your right hand and you're going to put it on their head and you're going to declare you can declare whatever you want after this as long as it's you know, what the Bible says and what Jesus said but here's what you're going to declare grace authority affirmation the Lord is pleased with you the Lord gives you his power and the Lord's grace covers you. That's it. And then after that, you know, just let the Lord lead. Amen? So if you want the blessing, come now. Come now. Come now. Come on. Just kind of find somebody. Let them put their hands on your head. Let them put their hands on your head. And you bless them. If you're out there and you say, I want a blessing, let us know. We'll declare one over you. We'll hold one of these for you. We'll hold one of these for you.